Hi and welcome. This is Buffering, an island talks podcast with Esra Egin and Yorgos Kalkoulis. We're two Cypriots living and working in Lisbon and Brussels, bringing you dispatches from the alternate Cypriot universe. This week, invisible officials with and without quotation marks, political rumors, casual and not so casual Cypriot racism and sexism, and the return of the thinking donkey. This podcast is not funded by a shady NGO, the Church of Cyprus, or Lizard People. So good afternoon, morning, evening, or whatever time of the day it is when you're listening to this. Uh, this is uh, the new episode of Buffering. Esra again from Lisbon. Hello. Hello. And Yorgos uh, Kakouris from Brussels. Uh, today is uh, the 25th of June that we're recording this, and we're going to try to catch you up with uh, dispatches from the alternate universe of our original country. There's a lot to catch up. A lot always happens, Esra. Yes. <laughs> I don't... A lot a lot happens. <laughs> a lot of crazy things happen. Okay, because I think we should start with how, by the time we recorded things last week, things change again at the checkpoints. Everything is a complete mess all the time at all places. Mm-hmm. There's different open, there's different openings open for different people at different times and with different rules. Exactly. And the latest, because before I go to the latest, because the Turkish Cypriots had opened some with uh, with conditions, then the Greek Cypriots opened some with some other conditions, mm-hmm. and there they've been in a way they've been competing at who's more eager to open. But yeah. they have, but they but have they different different crossing points yes <laughs> which has led to this whole situation where if i'm wrong if i'm not wrong lidras mm-hmm. is closed from by yeah. is closed by the south but the north yeah. has opened it and yeah. lidra palace is opened by the south but closed by the north yeah and there was yeah. also this bizarre situation in limnidis mm-hmm. up to uh, Birgos. i think that's going to be resolved apparently i hope so i because hope because the lidras so. The leaders talked with each other and they're pressing each other. And apparently the issue that the coalition came up with in the North after that, it had to do with security. And mm-hmm. there was this whole situation also at Pila. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, this just shows um, the extent of lack of coordination. As you said, the two sides are doing things on their own, almost as if they're competing instead of cooperating. And um, and of course, in the north, because of the internal politics, uh, there is this um, specific attempt to leave Akunja outside of all these decisions and issues. So the coalition is trying to, you know, make all these decisions and take all these steps without involving Akunja. But what happens is if you don't involve Akunja, that means you're not going to be coordinating with the Greek Cypriot side because Akunja is the point of contact. He's the only recognized authority by the Greek Cypriot side who can, you know, um, coordinate and contact, contact and, and, you know, decide on things so i think it's not clumsiness it's um it's a deliberate attempt to weaken the position of akunju and show that uh, we are actually the decision making powers in the north 
and also because they don't believe in reconciliation and uh, re reunification they don't care if you know the, the crossing points different crossing points are open and people are having problems crossing because they are they're not interested in that they just want to be able, be able to say oh we opened some crossings they don't care if there are problems there but this tactic also backfires because if the if the treatment of the pandemic works then great for them but if scandals happen and things go wrong and there's lack of coordination and things are chaotic then it's only their fault since they've took it, taken care of leaving Akinji out of it so in exactly. a weird way he's actually getting points out of this just by sitting to the side and saying i told you so i tried to exactly. help you out you're not letting me exactly this is what we are seeing in the north right now i mean i see akunja's position being strengthened as the coalition is making one stupid decision after the other i mean last week we talked about the the jet scandal this mysterious jet carrying turkish businessmen um coming to the north and um, they entered the country when they were entering at the airport there were no customs officials there were no immigration officials there were no officials whatsoever um, they recognized were not or, or, or unrecognized recognized or unrecognized quote or unquote yeah <laughs> exactly um, so they just literally walked into the, the country without um, being subject to any health tests or quarantine because right now the rule is if you're coming from abroad um, you have to be quarantined for 14 days so none of these rules applied to, to these people as a result, actually, the person, official, minister, pick whichever you prefer, responsible from tourism, was removed from his post this week by the head of the coalition. But this is also leading uh, to a crack within the coalition because and now a UBP, the bigger coalition party is expecting the smaller coalition party to also remove a minister they're saying it cannot only be the tourism minister's fault you have ministers that are involved in the issue so you should also remove one and Kudret Ozersai the head of the smaller uh, coalition party, party does not seem willing to remove any of his ministers so technically, uh, as we were saying before, Tatar, who's in charge of the coalition, can technically remove the ones that Ozersai put there, but that would definitely lead That to would mean de destroying the coalition, exactly. Um, but, I mean, political commentators do not think that this coalition is going to last much longer because th there is a lot of infighting and um, and especially this issue has really hurt them. And that could actually mean that we might have elections close to the elections for Turkish Cypriot leader or close to it or when would yeah. that happen if it happens? Um, well, Akunju made, had made a proposal to do the elections earlier or like leader. in august mm -hmm. yeah for, the, Turkish, for Turkish, Turkish leader, leader yeah um but the two big parties rejected his decision his uh, proposal so right now um as we stand the elections for the turkish cypriot leader are in october 
And it's very, very likely that we have early elections on the same date. So that's likely the, that it, it will work government. that way. That actually yeah. might be convenient for everyone in a way. Yeah, yeah. Is there any measures and polls on how the public has been seeing the parties and how where that might lead? Well, there are a lot of polls. Um, the ones that I trust are still showing Akunja, well, for the Turkish Cypriot leader, I mean, are still showing Akunja as a, as a leading uh, his competitors. In terms of parties, I would be very careful to say anything because I would need to see a new survey after all of this, like these two weeks scandals unfolded. Um, it has really angered people and um, I'm sure it has affected, it has had a big effect on the support that UBP and HP, the two coalition partners have. But I haven't seen any new polls yet. So this whole situation that's been happening, also in both sides with the, the, the lack of coordination and uh, this jet scandal, has led also to Kudratuzovsai making a surprising decision the other day about mm-hmm. allowing people from Turkey to come after July 1st. If I'm not wrong, what... Well, actually, that decision was made uh, before uh, the jet scandal. Uh, they categorized countries and they said, okay, as, as of 1st of July, the countries that are in category A are low-risk countries. So they are just... They were, we're not going to ask anything from them. Um, they will only need... a PCR test mm-hmm. done 72 hours prior to coming and they will just enter the country. They placed Turkey in the category A countries but as they were doing this the cases in Turkey were surging. They were on the rise. So there is a lot of reaction now from the people from civil society who are saying we don't feel safe we don't feel comfortable with you placing Turkey in category A and not um, subjecting them to, to any kind of quarantine or like testing when they enter the country because there are so many cases in, in Turkey. And now today they decided that they are going to, um, in addition to the PCR test done 72 hours prior to the travel, they are going to do a PCR test at the airport for the people arriving from Turkey. Yeah, but but um, I also just read that Kudret Özersay uh, said, oh, and Turkey's category may also change. So they may put it in a different category altogether. So there is there also a lot of um, indecisiveness and um, lack of coordination. So many people saying so many different things. So I don't think we will know for sure before July 1st what the plan is. Now correct me if I'm wrong, when it comes to the south, the north just wants one test during the first yeah. crossing, right? Yeah. Because the other aspect of the lack of communication and coordination that's been happening is that the South has allowed for people to just show one test one, mm-hmm. uh, well, the first time they passed when it comes to the people that were part of the agreement with Akinji. That is, people, Greek Cypriots enclave live in uh, Karpasia, Maronites, 
mm-hmm. and uh, students and workers. Mm-hmm. But it requires a new test every 72 hours from everyone exactly. else. Exactly. Which exactly. could affect people that want to work uh, on yeah. the other side or have to do something to do with the work related or for any other reason. For any other reason, yeah. Just people who want to visit friends or, you know, travel in the country or, yeah, it's a, it's a huge burden to, you know, do this every 72 hours, you know. And this could also affect Turkish Cypriots, especially because apparently it's, there's not as much access to the test as there is in exactly. the South. Right? Exactly, exactly. It's very limited and apparently there are huge lines people waiting to get this test done so yeah it's not it's not a practical solution and it's not a solution (laughs) to, (laughs) to say the least the first trilingual podcast station of cyprus island talks open diverse free So while all this has been happening in the north, meanwhile, the issue of the crossings and the checkpoints and coronavirus has started taking a back seat because of the low number of cases, because tourism is going to start soon. We're getting there. One of the big issues that's been in the news though lately has been the situation at Purnara Refugee, I want to say reception center, but it's really a refugee camp. But the government has decided really basically just locked up uh, migrants and asylum seekers without uh, taking things into consideration. There have been a lot of criticisms about the health uh, situation. And every time a criticism came out in the media, the government first denied there was something wrong, but then went and fixed it anyway. Mm-hmm. Because apparently they haven't been paying attention about uh, the health situation, providing soap, about uh, people being in the same in the same area for too long, which... Yeah. Could have caused a big problem during back during the pandemic, but now yeah. it's been coming back. But the latest issue that has, that happened uh, was that uh, this was discussed in Parliament in the Committee for Human Rights Issues, and there were people there from UNHCR. UNHCR, said it right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were people from uh, from Kisa and other NGOs uh, about this. There was the Minister for the Interior, Nikos Nouris. And they had gone in, everyone with uh, battle ready to start accusing the NGOs and everything. But it came out, which has brought the government to a difficult position, that there were accusations that the UNHCR had brought to the government and nothing was done. That there were unaccompanied minors that had ended up in the same rooms as adults and some of them had been sexually abused. <gasps> Oh my yeah. God, that's terrible. And be- that's because of the government wasn't paying attention to this. Oh my God. And when it came out, at the beginning, what the minister said was, ah, but that means it's the UN's fault because they knew they didn't tell us and they had informed the government. Oh my but, you know, after all of this, of course they fixed it. It's another one of those things. They keep ignoring the situation in the camps. Yeah, but you can't really fix a child, uh, I mean, yeah. that easily after yeah, that's that. The- that's the tragic thing. They yeah. forget to do something about it. Then they say, oh, it wasn't our fault. Then they do what they need to do. But it's too late. The damage is done. Yeah, yeah, the damage is In done, definitely. And it's a really yeah. dangerous, weird Trumpist situation where they've been, the government is being criticized on their handling of this. Mm-hmm. And them and some media deflect the discussion to, oh, but these NGOs, where do they get the money to do this? And why are they so concerned? Are they making money out of this? And just letting things hang in the air without bringing any specific examples or proof. And uh, the government does it. The ruling party does it occasionally. Averof Nohidu has said things to that effect in the past. The Mm -hmm. minister is saying right right now, 
and it's difficult and it gives a weird uh, scary almost picture of how the government might approach this in the future how how easily it, it can devolve to this when there are actual problems yeah. and for and for the past few days maybe for the past couple of weeks the government and the police have been pushing this narrative that all Nicosia is in danger because there are crimes that are made oh by migrants God. and yeah which it's, it's those things where it's between truth and, and fiction when, when there, there is, mm-hmm. there is ba- a bad situation for some people, but it's mm-hmm. caused because of the way that the government doesn't have a exactly. cohesive approach to things, but instead exactly. they put it on them. It's a, it's yeah. a, we're getting to a dangerous situation a, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I find it very dangerous too. You, you affect the public sentiment and the public starts turning against these people who are actually victims and they become double victims and it's just, it's terrible. It's really terrible. And you know, no one is saying don't crack down on crime that's con- that's, that is carried out by migrants or people. But what we're saying is face it like you would face every other crime and also look at the overall situation. Mm-hmm. So you make sure that people are not marginalized and end up exactly, exactly in these situations. Don't act like or talk like every migrant is a criminal because that's kind of where we are getting that the, the, the migrants are criminals, they're dangerous, they commit crimes, they do this, they do that. And um, I think that's a very dangerous place to go. And we can see this issue uh, separately from the elections that are coming up next year. Okay. Because DC has been building this up to give this law and order idea that we're keeping things safe and we're ahead of this and we're paying attention. Agel uh-huh. is jumping on it from the other side in a more responsible way until now, but you can't trust parties to be responsible forever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Recently, there was this really, it was really criticized by people. Uh, the minister went to the Urnara camp, mm-hmm. and also the Agel leader, Kipriano, went there. Mm-hmm. There were some photo ops. They mm-hmm. wanted to see the situation, but the photos were a bit... You had photos of two of them discussing with the, with the journalists in front of the fence, and yeah. behind the fence, you had people yeah. lining up to see them, you know, because the migrants came out to see who was visiting. Yeah. But the the image that comes out, you see people in cages and, and then outside exactly. people in suits coming to inspect them and it was to really bad. And, oh it was really God. bad that you get this idea. Yeah. Of course, on the other hand, maybe it's good that you get the public realizing what is happening instead of seeing these people only as a danger but seeing them as victims. But yeah, it's a really volatile thing to be touching with it random is. moves like that. It is. And we've seen what happened in the rest of Europe with uh, this um, anti-immigration uh, immigrant sentiment and the xenophobia. So I hope they don't use this for election purposes. I hope they realize that these are real people who are, you know, being damaged, vulnerable. And I hope, you know, they, they really this time fix the situation so that no more children and or adults are you know hurt but you know you express the hope that they won't use it for a pre-election spoiler alert they definitely will it's gonna be it's gonna be i expect too much from our cypriot politicians i know (laughs) if they if they see something they can jump on for political gain for pre-election campaigns they will even yeah. if it's damaging to the wider conversation, I don't think they actually care. 
And it's yeah. interesting that this is all happening well or worldwide because of what's been happening in the US is this discussion about systemic racism and yeah. and how the state functions vis-a-vis -vis communities that are marginalized and uh, need a different treatment. And we've had something like that in the north as well. And we had mm -hmm. like a historic change because of it. Yeah. What did. happened what happened with Avrupa that I know, was Africa I know. and now it's Avrupa again. But yeah. to explain, we're talking about Chanel Levent's historic yeah. dissident feisty newspaper. Yeah. We don't always agree with him, but we love it that it's there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so what happened uh, the past week? It was uh, it all came to surface. Well, um, let's start from the beginning. Actually, this newspaper, when it first started publishing in the 1990s, um, it was called Av Avrupa. So or the original name of Chanel Levent's newspaper, which we know as Africa today, was Avrupa. And he changed the name to Africa in 2001 when he was arrested on false claims of spying. There were spy allegations against him. Denktash had come out and said, I've seen the evidence and whatever. And they arrested Shanar Levant, which led to a huge public uprising at the time. And when he was released, they changed the name of the paper Africa. The problem is that the logo is a monkey. Until Ouch. now, until yeah, now... With a lot nobody, of people. nobody cared. Well, nobody but cared until now. To be fair, it's been noticed. People have been saying it, but no one really cared. Yeah, no, no one really cared. Mm. Um, but then, as you know, in the north now, we have like tens of thousands of African students who come there as for higher uh, education for university, and their association was very offended by this leader the the head of the association of these um, african students wrote a letter to chanel levant and asked him to change the name and the logo of the newspaper and he explained the reasons he explained how it is racist and he explained how they are offended by this and it's offensive um, and chanel levant um, really reacted negatively like very badly he did not try to understand them he did not empathize with them he accused them of trying to lynch him he accused them of trying to hurt him whatever he said he would take the head of the association to court but then he kind of came to his senses agreed to make a change so now we have go we have gone back to avrupa and the change is actually historic, in my opinion, because it feels like there's more, uh, there's more positive hope in it rather than exactly. That's why it was initially called Avrupa because it was the times when the Annan plan was being, you know, negotiated. There were a lot of hopes of, you know, solution at the time, and of course, solution for Turkish Cypriots also meant, and for Greek Cypriots at the time, also meant European Union. So it was called Avrupa, which means Europe. But then he was arrested. He decided, no, this is this this country cannot be Avrupa. It cannot be Europe. It can only be Africa. And he placed the little monkey there too. Yeah, nobody was really bothered or nobody really cared until now. Now that we listen to these students and we listen to how they feel, it's really embarrassing actually that we 
did not fight for this before um, and we had to wait for for them to come and fight for this and I'm glud they did it seems like Cypriots are not aware sometimes of these things because we might be behind the times in some of these conversations and also it has to do with you know one Chanel event put it there and and the way that we talk every day about grace in Cyprus because it's not like uh, it's not like communities of other colors and ethnicities are very visible they're there they've always been there mm-hmm. but we have this Greek Cypriot and Turkish Cypriot centric even Greek and exactly. Turkish focused approaches that completely forget exactly. there's anyone else we forget everyone else exactly and we don't care and we don't and and our sensitivities are top priority but we don't care about anyone else's sensitivities even other cypriot communities you know maronites and armenians and latins i mean do we care I, I, it's actually I, it's actually more invisible rather than racism there 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 yeah. we completely forget that they don't consider us part of exactly. the whole exactly but yeah, the interesting we... the interesting thing with this situation now is that maybe it's time that it's an indication that we're catching up because i'm sure levent didn't have that intention in that way and i hope he understood now why I it was offensive so. because I once you bring so. once you bring something to to someone who's decent and has some decent ideas they can understand but only mm-hmm. if you bring it to them maybe they won't think about it mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. yeah this was a good development i guess in the land of chaos <laughs> and yeah. uh, the logo now has again i don't know if it was before the thinking donkey which is very much more representative and it's it's a uh, picking on ourselves right we can do that we 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 can't do it on other people yeah we get to say that yeah we we can say that we are and we cypriots are donkeys and i think it's it's a good representation that might offend actually donkeys uh, some people have been saying <laughs> to be completely honest oh my god i know i agree for donkeys Speaking of things that change, uh, we already said that the pre-election campaigns have started heating up in the South as well because of next year's elections. There's this gossip mm-hmm. and this background dealing mm-hmm. now between Akel and Diko again. Again? Speaking Don't of things that do this to us again, Akel. Speaking of Stop things it. that change. Speaking of things that change. <laughs> because every five years, the party that's not in power just goes with Diko, the central, the oh central one. God. The Democrat Party, the party of the establishment, as far as I'm concerned, the main party of the establishment, and they try to get the other one out of the way. And who is the candidate, Nicolas? No, but the idea here is that it's too soon to talk about a candidate. We believe it when they say it. That's what Aguil says. What Aguil is saying is that we're approaching everybody and seeing the. That's what they're saying publicly, and we're seeing the where reaction. we can agree on mm-hmm. things and where we cannot agree and everyone's keep asking okay yes but they could completely different on you on the service problem how are you going to get right, with that right. and Akel is implying and hasn't been implying that it, we will not accept a party leader as a candidate for the presidential yeah. elections yeah. and also actually Kipriano has said that we will not accept a party leader neither me yeah. nor Nicolas he said mm-hmm. but at the same time he said that he implied 
At the same yeah. time, it's implied that Akel wants to call the shots. The bigger party will call the shots. He will not mm-hmm. accept to water down it. But mm-hmm. we cannot know if that's going to happen. They, they've said it before that we're ready to to cooperate without putting water in a wine, as the saying goes in Greek. Yeah. But they ended up electing Tassos and the rest is history. Exactly. Christophia sacrificed the conversions with Talat just to not lose yeah. Liko from the coalition. So it's a, it's a history full of sins. Oh but, my god. And we but, are and we are having a you know, a repetition of it again and again and again. And the tiring and ridiculous thing is that they see supporters on social media and the and the party members, they make fun of like that they're doing this, while they would be completely ready to do it the moment that they can to have an alliance mm-hmm. with it. It's not it's, they're not making fun of them because of of principles, just making fun of them and criticizing it just because they're not the ones doing it. And it's obvious and it always happens. But this picture can completely change uh-huh. in the election next year. Because the whole discussion about the presidential elections, which are in 2023, is a long way ahead from now. And everything will yeah. depend on wow. how things turn out on the legislative elections. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a lot of people are hoping that at least DC seems to be hoping on it. And maybe I kill even. That this part, the splinter party from Diko, led by Mario Mario Garoyan, which is called Dipa, Mm -hmm. it seems to be doing well in some metrics and some polls, but there hasn't been a real big scientific poll just yet to show that. There's only been a web poll by Politis that showed perhaps them this new splinter party, which is more centrist and less Mm -hmm. uh, Diko in that sense, uh, getting ahead. But we we don't know where this will go. Mm-hmm. And also, you have to remember that the guy who's in charge of the Splinter Party, Karoyan, yeah. he was in charge of Vico when exactly. Christophius was forced to trash the convergences with Talat. So yeah. it's all yeah. moving parts right now. And the final thing that happened that shows where we're heading and has opened up a whole different discussion is that Anastasiadis has reshuffled the government partly. Mm-hmm. He announced the replacements for the Attorney General and the Assistant Attorney General and the Chief of Police that were finishing their terms because of... Either finishing their terms or because the Attorney General was uh, has reached retirement age, basically. Okay. And he positioned there the Minister of Defense and the Minister for Justice. Mm-hmm. And those two people are completely VC. They're completely part of the ruling party Uh, team. So it seems like it gives you this impression that we're moving towards a more not single party government. You know, there's no openings to other places just now. And the new attorney general is from Limassol, which touches with other other areas of interests and and party interests and Mm -hmm. uh, etc, etc, etc. And they have been replaced. And actually, and also, the uh, energy minister has stepped down because of personal reasons he wanted to go back to the private sector. Uh-huh. And there's been a minor reshuffle there. Now, what's happened now mm-hmm. is that the energy ministry has been given to uh, the former deputy minister for uh, maritime issues, mm-hmm. which is a woman, uh, Natasa Pelidou. And the justice ministry has been given to Emily Yoliti, which is a prominent lawyer who had been in other in other positions in the past okay. before. But there's been okay. there's now has been this discussion that the government has always been trying to say and have actually said, and it's, it's a bit offensive the way they said it before uh, they reshuffle, we're looking for women, as in 
We yeah. understand that we need to put so we're looking for some so you, you guys are just oh, complaining can shut up. Yeah. And they haven't really added many because the deputy minister yeah. has now been upgraded, which is good. Uh, she's mm-hmm. she's had positive reviews up to now with her work, so okay. The other one that's been selected is also is also well known for her work regarding uh, justice and law and she's an expert in things that also have to do hopefully sheltering the country from money laundering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But there's been a bit of been criticism that that mixes things up. So this is uh, this woman is now is the partner of Bizathos Turulis, the head of Diaz and Sigma. So there's been criticism about are you putting family members of media forward in order to get them more to your side? That's that's an argument that you can go for and against, uh, and it's uh, and for that you know she'll be judged by her work. But there also has been this very sexist backlash. From a lot of people that went and instead of commenting on her on her bio, they were started commenting on her Instagram account. And oh my gosh, she goes out and has fun, and she has pictures with her friends drinking, and oh, she's friends with the president's daughter. Which okay, but it's it's borderline yeah. borderline, and it starts with borderline sexism, and then it becomes full blown like sexism when they start saying, "Yeah, but she's wearing expensive clothes, and how is she in touch with a common person?" As if the male ministers get their get their clothes from you know for cheap, yeah. as if they don't get expensive tailors. Yeah, and it drives me crazy because you would never have this kind of comments or conversations over a man, you know, a, a minister. But as soon as it's a woman, it's like it's all about oh, uh, like her Instagram profile and what is she wearing and what was she doing and you know how does she live and her lifestyle becomes an issue and um yeah it just shows that as a society we are we are very sexist what else we said sexist we are racist we are xenophobic <laughs> and the bad thing with the, and, with, the, with the way that the sexism is, is used is that it clouds out other possible issues no one can have a serious conversation about about disappointment yeah. now because yeah. it's all clouded in the sexist reactions yeah and it's a pity because you could make an argument against so the other appointments are not controversial but they're just appointments of you know at the defense ministry and at the energy ministry of people that are associated with dc which shows just to wrap up which shows that the government has been moving to a more DC-centric approach, mm-hmm. which can also lead to a conclusion or suspicions that Anastasiades might want to get a third term. Wow, really? And the law does not prevent that, and he could try if he want to. The, the question is whether that would be wise, because the last time that was attempted was by Clitoris, and that didn't work out because basically yeah. his own party disagreed. Well, that, that's all for another episode. Yeah. Well, I believe it is time to wrap up. Cypriot politicians should really know when to step down. <laughs> and the podcast hosts should know when to wrap up. <laughs> yep, exactly. This has been it. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Cover this was your nose. Cover your nose, not just your chin. <laughs> Be safe and hope Be to safe. see you next week. See you next